you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, this is Dan Hansis alongside Chris Wessling. Hey, Dan. Mark Sessler and the boss, Greg Rosenthal. We're the Around the NFL podcast. Check us out three times a week as we discuss the latest NFL news as it happens. Always, of course, with a touch of mirth. Subscribe at NFL.com slash podcasts, iTunes, and Stitcher. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here, Move the Sticks, presented by the U.S. Marine Corps. Bucky, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I feel like I need more energy. After you tweeted out that picture of me no. laying back, I feel like you yeah. provide a little more energy. Well, I was I was just thing. not paying attention and looking down at my phone. So I was I was representing the focus, the lack of focus on our show. Uh, yeah. You were representing the lack of energy. I was taking a yoga moment to get okay. myself You're centered. You're centering yourself? Centering, centering yourself? Nice. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. We recognize our own shortcomings. Ego is not a problem here. No. We identify our weaknesses into something. Like, we need more focus and energy. Okay. Yep. So what do we do? We bring in Rhett Lewis. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> fourth best host at NFL Network. Yeah. yeah. Fourth. Fourth or fifth. It's still to be determined. But, yeah, Rhett Lewis, host of Path of the Draft, to join us in studio here. Fellas. Uh, Rhett's going on, right? How are you doing? Uh, fantastic, man. Excited for uh, another show this evening. But, uh, yeah, this is a little early for me to make my annual appearance. I know. It is a little early. But, like I said, we needed a little spark. That's what I'm here for, man. What's the name of that little energy drink that you take? Highball. Like, Highball, baby. Highball. Highball. Yeah. Highball. It's, it's about as healthy as FDA approved? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. Let's not go too far, shall yeah, we? Maybe, maybe not. There. Uh, Look, I like to live on the edge, man. That's why I bring the energy and the focus for you guys. Uh, all right. So know? we've got coming up at the at the uh, tail end of the show here. We've got an interview with Joshua Dobbs, Tennessee quarterback. You're going to want to listen to that. A fascinating kid. Um, you get some uh, some good insight into him. I think he's a, probably one of those more intriguing mid round quarterback prospects. Did a nice job down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, so we will chat with him. But guys, one thing I want to jump in here first is uh, the pro day thing. And Bucky, I want to get your take on this because we have Fabian Moreau. The news just came out. Torres Peck uh, at the UCLA Pro Day on the bench press. Sidney mm-hmm. Jones getting hurt going through the field workout. Like, man, that sucks. I hate it, but I kind of get it, right? You're putting him through football drills. This is my this is my new theory. I'm going to throw it out to you, and we'll have a two-man board here to see if I can get approval. Okay. On this. I've never been in a draft room 
where a corner who had four or five bench press reps versus a corner who had 17 or 18. Fred Smoot. Fred didn't get any. <laughs> or he got he one. He, he got, got one. one. He got one. Fred Smoot. Yeah, yeah. So I, but I've never – Never really heard that. Be not there's a, no there's no issue between big, between four and twenty. So my thing is here's my new uh, proposal for corners in the bench press test. We're gonna throw two twenty five on the bar. We need you to get a rep to show that you've been to a weight room before, <laughs> and then you can rack it. That's it. I don't need you straining trying to get extra reps on a bench press. I do not care. Get under the get under the weight. Put it up once. Rack it, and then we let, let the lineman come in there, and we'll, we'll test. I mean, them but why even go through that process? Like, why even do it? Like, why do you really need to do it? Like, if it's not – if it's one of those things that's incomplete on, on the checklist, does, does it really matter for the bench press? I I mean, I just don't know if it necessarily matters for for that we position. We need to revisit that thing. I think we're starting a movement here. But yeah, I mean, they, they, there's so many other things that I'm more concerned with. I think the bigger thing will be after the draft where we see where Sidney Jones falls, where Fabian Moreau falls, and how much their pro days may have impacted them. What does it do for the next generation, the next year? How do guys attack or approach their pro days? Will they just do the work at the combine and then just kind of go on hiatus and say that I've done everything in front of everybody, there's nothing else for me to do? Or will they continue to work out? Because I'm becoming a little concerned at the the rate of the injuries. Yeah. Because when you really look at it, guys go from the end of the season to now we have to ask them to get ready for the senior bowl, any of the all-star games, to the combine. There's just not enough time for them to rest and recover and fully prepare for all the stuff that we're asking them to do. What I'm realizing right now is that we, we have Rhett on. We should have his father on. For ah, see, you're right. Yeah. Those that don't know, yeah. tell him your dad's background, Rhett. Yeah, well, it was a, a trainer in the NFL for uh, – excuse me, he k- kills me every time. It's an athletic trainer <laughs> for, uh, for uh, 40 years. And, um, I, you know, I, I think I kind of agree with you a little bit on, on minimizing the potential for injury. Um, especially in a drill like for a position group where you're saying having been in a draft room, it's not making a ton no. of difference no. in where you're going. Um, I guess maybe if you you probably if you see a corner, you know, go in there and throw up twenty to twenty five, maybe it gives him a maybe you you take a little. Not extra really. Notice. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've ever paid attention to the bench press for a um, corner or for, no. Like yeah. so, so now I can understand the three cone and the positional drills sure. and, and and those things, but the bench press to me has never done anything in the evaluation process. Like, I don't even remember discussing it. It, com- it. it literally would come up with offensive linemen more than any other defensive linemen. Obviously, the yeah. guys in the trenches, that, that you'd kind of take a look at that. Um, well, I think he, you're going to start to see that, I mean, yeah. the agents have got to be taking notice of this too, but they're, you know, be like, hey, you know, is this really worth it for my guys? Yeah. It's, yeah, especially when you start seeing these guys lose money. I, I think the entire process will be reevaluated when it comes to pro days and private workouts. Here's the um, thing, though. Look, I'm not an expert on torn pecs, but I don't think like if if it's just easy peasy, like your first couple reps, that you're in danger of tearing your pec. I'm not. I'm not a doctor. I don't know that. It, to me, it would seem like more you're straining to try and get a couple extra reps on there, and that's yeah. when you have an injury. My thing is if you're if you're an agent, be like, look, dude, once you once you oh, start you to feel a little bit, just gas, crack yeah. that thing. Who cares? Not, don't don't well, blow yourself out. Well, I mean, I, I think I think the funny thing is, remember how much we talked about Christian McCaffrey's ten reps at the combine? Yeah. Then the next day he ran. We didn't Who talk cares? about the yeah. team. Yeah, it was over anymore. It yeah. was just something to talk about. Like that's what we do because we don't have enough to talk about, so we look at any little thing and nitpick it. But and you brought it up with uh, you brought up the Sidney Jones injury with Cooper Cup yesterday yeah. on the show, and he was like, "Look, I, I mean, can't live I, like I can't that. Live like I, I'm going to go out and run. You know, I'm going to go out and, and show that I'm a football player, and and you know, I can I can appreciate that. Yeah, no, I think he, we still want to see that kind of stuff. No question, um, Bucky. As we're as we're getting ready to get a little bit closer to the draft here, 
a name? Is there a name that you're starting to hear more than any other? Like for me, um, we were just talking about Christian McCaffrey. It was a, remember when there was a debate on whether Christian McCaffrey was a first round pick? Uh, I do remember that. I don't think there's a debate on whether Christian McCaffrey is a first round I do. pick. Like I, I, I personally, I would be shocked if he doesn't go in the first round. And I think he's much more likely to go in the top twenty than he is in the bottom twelve of the first round. Well, I mean, he's pretty clean as a prospect in terms of the character checks out. He has production on tape. You can see his impact in big games. And even though there was a little dip in his production, his final season at Stanford, I think everyone goes back to his sophomore season when he shattered Barry Sanders' single season record for all-purpose yards, and they say, like, that's the kind of impact that he could have. I think the big thing for Christian McCaffrey is all the fit. Where does he go and how do they use him? As long as they don't try to make him kind of the old-school traditional workhorse and take – um, diminish some of the other talents that he brings to the table, I think you'll be fine. I think he's a terrific player. Let me ask you this. Does the momentum of McCaffrey into the first round hurt at all the potential movement of Alvin Kamara as a possible first-round pick? Well, I, I think Kamara – look, there's only – so many teams that believe in mm-hmm. their philosophy to take a running back in the first round. Right. So you're going to eliminate a lot of teams out of that out of that list immediately because they just philosophically don't want to take a running back that high. Um, but I, I feel like we're going to have three with with Cook thrown in there with Fournette. I think those three are going to go. I still think Kamara, where I think he has first round ability. I just think it's going to be hard finding that other team that's going to be that say, look, we want to get we want to get some secondary help, or we want to try and get one of these edge rushers, and we can circle back for for another one of these backs. the The interesting thing is we talked forever about how deep this secondary class is, and now Sidney Jones, yeah. Fabian Moreau, we had an off the field incident with uh, with Jordan Lewis at yes. Michigan. So now those three corners are three of the it top ten guys. Yeah, it, so reshuffles. it kind of shuffles that group up. It shuffles the group, moves up. guys up but, like a Dory Jackson to me, and he's going to be a first round pick. There's just yeah, and I think I think the guy you talk about Sidney Jones I think his teammate is obviously benefiting oh, yeah. from the reshuffle Kevin King, Kevin King. Um, and talking to guys like recently I just got off the phone with a guy and he talked about look here's the thing that you can say about Kevin King he knows exactly who he is as a player and he always puts himself in a position to make plays and there's a value in that when you look at his length his athleticism how fast he runs and the fact that he plays the game the right way um, you can see him going at the bottom of the first round I think he did you have Might have had him in there, yeah. I think I had him in Seattle. I mean, he just fits what they do. He so just kind of well. fit. He, he's just a long guy, so he is a guy that benefits. Adoree Jackson certainly benefits. So now some of these names that were on the borderline, on the cusp, the jumping into the first yeah. Yeah. round, I think we'll hear those names come off in the first round. Now, is this the group? The are the DBs the group where we have the best potential to see that that run that like we saw with receivers last year towards I, the middle middle later part of the first round. I think we're going to see a couple different positional runs. I'll give you a couple of my thoughts on that. I, I think you're going to see a run on edge rushers in between that like 9 and 20. I think mm-hmm. you're going to see a bunch of edge rushers go off the board. And then I think when we get to like the early 20s to like the mid 30s, I think you're going to see corners and safeties just a bunch of them bunch just of them go, go flying. I I think there are a bunch of players. I mean, the more you dig into the list, the more you see players and find players that you like. You remember God, a few months ago, we talked about Justin Evans from Texas A&M. We haven't even talked about him. No, no, he's him. a good player. Good player, but now we he's rarely mentioned when we talk about those top guys, but he's a guy in the second round that, that we could talk about. I think the bigger thing when it comes to runs will be when do they make the run on quarterbacks? When yeah. do we start seeing the quarterbacks come off the board? Um, look, we know Trubisky and Watson, um, but when do Kaiser and Mahomes and – Davis Webb, when, when did those guys begin to kind of get in the conversation? Is that the top of the second round? Will one of those guys kind of fall into the back of the first round? How does that conversation go? Because I'm more interested in that run. 
Yeah, I mean, like that's that, and, and everyone's you know the, the guys that are sitting there in the back of the first round are praying that some of those guys go in the top ten. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. no question. I get calls from teams and you know picking outside the top ten, going, hey, "Tell me these guys are going to go, right? They're not <laughs> slipping, are they? I need those guys to go." I'm like, I don't know, man. Um, well, we'll talk plenty of Kaiser. The Jet, the Jet, I, the Jets yeah. seem to be the team. I mean, as I go through it here, everything that that I continue to hear, and again, take it for what it's worth, is that Cleveland is not enamored with these quarterbacks that they are going to take two good position players with their first two picks in fact don't be surprised if at 12 they were to try and slide down a little bit more that's the rumor that you hear there san francisco bucky we've been on this talking about this forever it seems like Kirk cousins seems inevitable there so why would they jump in on a guy this year seems like they'll hold out and wait for Kirk cousins the bears go get glennon and still a younger guy and kind of commit to him so it seems like that pulls them out they're in a win now mode with their regime so it seems to pull them out of the mix then, so the next stopping point there is the Jets at six, and that's the one where I think it kind of starts where, okay, if that, I think that's, to me, that's the earliest we're going to see a quarterback go is a six. Yeah, I think, I think six is the obvious place. Josh McCown is obviously a one-year rental, um, and it's not even guaranteed that he can be the starter if you have a young guy that can outplay him. So you have six. Uh, 12 is not a consideration based on what you said. So and I, what about Buffalo? That's because because right there with Tyrod Taylor, but bringing him back, they got a little – it's not too not too big of a number. But I just think – I just stack Tyrod Taylor up ability-wise. I stack him up over these guys. I don't know how much better you get with one of those guys over Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor has played in, in the league. Played at a pretty good and level. This is his – he just finished his second year as a starter. Yeah. So what you're getting is an experienced guy who still kind of has young – uh, young starting quarterback Trace, I would be more apt to go with Tyra Taylor. So then that takes you to 13 in the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. That's the one. That, By the way, that's the one, that too, that a lot of people are curious about. That's kind of like a pivot point in this draft because they could be in a position where they get um, – you know, they could take pick off one of the top edge rushers. You know, yep. they could potentially add one of them, which when you look at teams, you look at like, uh, you know, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, and even the Ravens, um, those teams are in the market for an edge guy. So it's kind of an interesting spot where they where they are right now with Arizona. You know, th- I'm telling you right now, those teams are just like on their knees going, I hope they take a quarterback. Yeah. Take a quarterback. We don't need one. You know, then, here's the thing with, with the Cardinals, because so much of what we said in terms of what fits has been based on the Bruce Arians thing. Well, if we're under the impression that maybe Bruce Arians has a year or two left. Yeah, why would he want to take a quarterback do, to develop at yeah, that point in time? Do they take a quarterback that fits what he does, or do they take the best quarterback that they view as a franchise quarterback and say, okay, Bruce, you can be here for a little bit, but we need someone – that is a long-term solution. Because in my mind, different styles. Like Kaiser would be more of a quarterback that fits his style. Yeah. I don't know if Watson and Trubisky are more so his But, but here's, here's my thing. If, it, if it's known inside the building that this is Bruce Arians, I mean, really, if it's not his last year, it's one of the last years for him. You look at Carson Palmer, if not his last year, one of the last years for him. You think that, that this, to me, is all set up for them to make one last push. You know, right. you don't take a quarterback to back not, up when it, you're trying to make that big push. It's not Steve Kimes last year, though, right? No, no, but so if, I mean, like, but I mean, I still think even as a GM, you have to look at it and say, okay, we're we're close. You know, you got to take 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 the bat off your shoulder and take a swing. Let's let's see if we can get over the hump and and win this thing. We got a pretty good roster now. If we can get one player in here to come in and be that difference maker, you think so? so we might think, get there. You think at the top, you're you're willing to take more of a short-sighted look like, hey, right. we're going to try it for this year. I think, it's, to, I, I think he's secure. He's been there forever. No, but as as opposed to, look, we have an opportunity. If we really like one of these quarterbacks, like one of these quarterbacks we really like, we'll take him now so we can really develop him the right way as opposed to going next year and may, say they win some games. So now they'll be lower in the draft. Would they put him in a 
position to get yeah. one of those quarterbacks. I, I still, though, I just sit there and think, okay, it is so hard to win a championship, and you owe it to the organization. If you're in the position where they are, which is pretty darn close, and you had a setback this last year with a veteran quarterback – I get look I'm I get from a front office standpoint you need to be looking towards the future yep. but I'm sitting here saying I'm going to I'm going to be there Bruce Arians talks about no risk it no biscuit right. that's what he's known for Is that a Barnett spot right there Well I mean I think 13. it'd be it would be a, a great fit for him yeah. there but I mean I, I just think you'd take your one crack at it and next year you can push the reset button Well I mean cuz they have when you look at them they're they're kind of at a tipping point because they're aging in several key areas. So they're aging at quarterback with Carson Palmer. They don't Fitz. have a number one receiver after Fitzgerald. And they, look, I like John Brown and some of those other guys, but they're little guys. They need a true number so I'm one saying, receiver. You get, you get a Mike Corey Williams Davis. or a Corey Mike Davis Williams. in that mix. That makes a lot of sense. So I think that I think that's a real pivot point there. The other thing with the quarterback discussion to circle back though, um, I look the Chargers. They're a team that's not very good right now, and Phillips still play at a very high level. How much longer is he going to play? That's something they have to figure out whether or not they would go into the quarterback market. We'll see. The Saints. I don't think they would do it at eleven, but they do hold thirty-two. Um, uh, so I think that's where those guys go. So yeah. based on what you're saying, so let's say we're the Chargers, we're the Cardinals, and we still want to identify our franchise quarterback, but we're uncomfortable taking them there. Bottom of the first round, top of the second round, because those guys hold. Kind of like top of the second round picks. Do they jump back into the first round to pick one of those quarterbacks? Get the Davis Webb, Patrick Mahomes, Kaiser, somebody in there. Are they say okay? We're not going to go early, but we'll go bottom of the first round, early in the second round to make that move. Here's my thing: if you're the Saints, and I know like the feeling I I tend to get is that they they think they got a chance to be pretty good if they can just fix the defense. So that's the latest thing that you hear out of there. So okay, well that takes them, you know, looking for Drew Brees' eventual replacement. Maybe they don't do that early. My thing is, though, they have three picks in the top 42. They pick there. We talked about pick number uh, 11. They have pick 32. Which, for now. Yeah, which for now, yeah, right. with the Patriots, uh, from the Patriots. We'll see what happens with Malcolm Butler. And then they have pick 42, their own pick in the second round there. So my thing is, if you are, say, Pat Mahomes, who they've done some work with, and that's who they want to you know, groom as Drew Brees' eventual replacement, if you like him enough to take him at 42, Bucky, why the heck wouldn't you take him at 32? Because you you got a developmental quarterback. You get an extra year. you get to get five well, years with him instead of well, four. When you, when you lay that argument out, one, I wouldn't give up a first-round pick for Malcolm Butler. I would yeah. give up a second-round pick for Malcolm yeah. Butler. I would we'll give up they 42. Yeah. So give up 42 and let let that go to the Patriots. And then at 32, you can take Pat Mahomes. And at 11, you can get the guy that can help your defense. Yeah. I would think that would be the strategy. I wouldn't. If I believe that quarterback is there at 32, I'm taking him. Yeah. I, I wouldn't try and get cute and wait to the second round. Yeah, just think, when wait. you have developmental quarterbacks, it's valuable to get in the bottom of one to yeah. get the extra year in the deal. I mean, I, I, I think about Pat Mahomes in this draft, and I think about all the quarterbacks that he's affected. And he's beat out and shipped out. Right? Yeah. Davis Webb. Yeah. I mean, Baker Mayfield to a certain extent, right? Yeah. Transfers. And then Baker yeah. beats out Trevor Knight. He goes to A&M. Um, the dominoes. Right? But, six, six degrees of separation. And Kingsbury has said that Davis Webb has the ability of a top five pick mm-hmm. in the draft. I mean, so what does he think of Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. You know, who beat him out. out. Yeah. Um, No, it's interesting. Well, here's one thing that you'll learn. Um, God bless. College coaches love their dudes. Right. Right. But, I mean, I can give you a long list. I can give you a – I mean, I won't air the laundry, but, I mean, I've been in those rooms and been chastised by coaches and said, you guys are messing up on this guy, this guy's this, that, or the other. And then turns out he was very much the other. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, like, look, they support their guys. I'm all for that. But I I crack up at people making – you know, big news stories about how he said that he was better than this guy or that guy. Michael Jordan. Right. Adult, one, one, just one example. Um, I have to go back and double-check, but I want to say Charlie Weiss had either – not just compared 
Brady Quinn to Tom Brady. I think he might even have said he was better. Better. Yeah, it was it was discussed. Mm. But uh, so, anyways, there's there's a uh, there's a reason they're they're loyal to their guys. That's cool. But you got to do your do your own work. L- last thing on a quarterback here for me, and I'm curious if if the Browns don't see one of these quarterbacks as the franchise savior, ready to step in immediately, that you would take not only with the twelve or with the one. Mm-hmm. Why would they come top of the second round and do that as well? And, and, and I don't know. I think I think either they pull the trigger one or they don't pull the trigger at all. And right? they just they just go and they just try and figure out if they can either make the trade for Jimmy G or AJ McCarron, yeah, or stick with Cody Kessler for another year and kind of figure it out and continue to build up their team, guy, right? Yeah. Um, I, because I don't know how much better you're getting. Yeah. Beyond that, if you're going right. to take a chance, because either you pull the trigger and say, "Hey, I'm gonna swing for the fences and get a guy," or because you can't keep piecemealing it, I don't. I don't think. I think you well, got to invest. I think. In I think well, I think there's also there's a lot of teams that man they are hoping they can find the Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, yeah. Dak Prescott middle. And so I almost think like there's a strategy involved here where on a yearly basis, I, 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 like take the second round. Let's just take a random team here, okay? Let's let's take uh, let's take uh, let's say the middle like Buffalo picks 44, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say it, if you just made a commitment every year in the second round. You're gonna try and slide back ten spots. So you're at forty four, you're gonna you're gonna trade down to fifty four with Miami. So in, in dropping those ten spots, I don't have the trade chart in front of me, but I'm assuming you probably get a fourth round pick for those for those ten spots. Every year we're gonna sacrifice ten spots in the second round, we're gonna get a free four, and every year we're gonna take a quarterback <laughs> in the fourth round. Every year. It's a bonus pick. Right. We just slide, we didn't cost us a pick. We just slid down ten spots to get a quarterback every year. And you just keep cycling them through, cycling them through, and who knows? You hit on one. And it, if you already have one, you got a you got a heck of a trade piece what? there. But at least every like more often, just every other year. So doing that. Keep pumping so those guys I, in. So I come from a place, obviously, uh having played in Green Bay under Ron Wolf, that was his tactic, and so obviously I followed the tree, John Snyder, Ted Thompson, Scott McClellan, all those guys. His philosophy was every other year take a quarterback in that day three range, fourth, fifth, yeah. sixth round, and just see if they can develop and turn out. So Mark Brunel was a guy that they drafted late that eventually they were able to pawn off. Uh, Hasselbeck, uh, Aaron Brooks yep. down in New Orleans yeah. that came from Green Bay. Like They believed in taking chances on those guys and doing it because you just don't know if one of those guys is going to develop and then you pawn them off, just like Atlanta was able to do with Matt Schaub and the like. I think you should continue to swing for the fences in those bottom rounds and see if you can mine a young quarterback. I guess the uh, the argument against that would be that, I mean, Andy Reid's done that essentially the last three years, right? The last yeah. five years with uh, Tyler Bray, Aaron Murray, Kevin Hogan. Yeah. Just keep, just keep, keep trying. Keep doing it's, it. And, and that's the Green Bay. That's, his, yeah. that's Dorsey and that's yeah. the Green and Bay. It, and and it, does, it doesn't cost you anything, it's especially like – that's but, but, but my thing is that's my trade back thing though, because it's a bonus pick. You're not you're not sacrificing a pick. You literally have traded back a little bit and created an extra pick. So it's not like it's costing no, you another player. Guy, right. And a lot of times when you're what happens when you're in the draft room for those that don't know is you'll be sitting there. Um, you have your your list ordered right one to one fifty, and so you'll sit there. And a lot of times like at pick forty four. You're gonna have. You might have three guys in your top twenty still sitting still on your sitting board because we all rank these guys differently. So that's one of those deals. You're at 44, saying, "Okay, we've got. Let's say we have four players that we really, really like that are in our top 30. We're yeah. picking 44. We feel like if we trade down 10 spots, one of those four guys is still going to be there. 
So that's the discussion that takes place in the room all the time. It's like, how many do we like? Okay, that's a pretty good number. Okay, we can slide back a little bit. We can still get one of those guys. Yeah, we talk about the cluster buster on yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have a clump of players that are all similarly graded that are sitting up there. You're looking at the board, and you're like, okay, we have eight picks. There are like five or six of these guys there. The odds say that one or two of those guys are going to be there. Are we comfortable with any of these guys? And yeah. you have the discussions. Is everybody comfortable with these guys coming on the team? And if they are – then you're willing to move back, pick up those picks, and take them. It's only when you feel like the board is picked dry yeah. that you're like. Uh, and, and, and trust me, I, I've you know you've been in there when you're say you're picking 26, and it gets to it gets to uh, you know gets to pick 15 or whatever, and you're like, man, they just took literally our top 14 guys. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. They're all gone. They're but all our gone. 15th guy is still there, and then pick 16 comes in, and that 15th guy just is staying. He's the only guy you love him. He's sitting up right. there like the lone wolf, and you just go, oh, come on, baby, come yeah, on, come just, on, just get come. Because because it's, it's it's a waiting game because every team values and grades players differently. No board, no two boards look alike, and you're hoping that those guys are available. But your strategy of accumulating extra guys on day three, um, well, round four in particular, because that round is viewed as a developmental round. The, yeah. the fourth round down, those are viewed as developmental players. And so you're not necessarily counting on your fourth-round guy to come in and be a starter, which is why, from our standpoint, the Dak Prescott thing is uncommon because you just don't see a fourth-round quarterback as a rookie come in and play as a starter and play as well as he did because I don't care what Dallas says. Dallas didn't pick him thinking that he was going to be the guy that supplanted Tony Romo. Like, no one – can he, say that. He was behind Kellen Moore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so happenstance and circumstance kind of gave them opportunity to find their guy, but it's a random occurrence. And I think to try and duplicate that is going to be tough. But, but, but I like, I, I like the, the idea, though, of just pick around every year and say, we're going to get some extra picks with this. We're going to get out. Does that give you enough time to develop a guy or to, to know if you've got something in a guy? If uh, two years? Yeah. I think so. For a th- a that third. gives you two preseasons yeah. to be able to, to kind evaluate of, him. Yeah. To, to see. And he needs to show market improvement from that first preseason to the second preseason to feel like he's trending the right way. And you see him every day in practice. Yeah. Can I give you an interesting name, by the way? This is getting way – we're going to go beyond the draft here with this this topic I'm getting off here. But uh, one name I think is going to be fascinating to watch in the preseason if he's healthy next year is Brett Hundley. Hmm. Brett Hundley had yep. a lot of tools coming out of UCLA. Now He, took he a had a great bit, preseason. He got sacked a million times, and he was, he was impressive in the preseason. If he puts another preseason together – uh, coming up this year, and Aaron Rodgers got a lot of football left. That's one of those instances where they get him in the fifth round. Get him in the fifth round. That's the that's the perfect example of this. So so what, this year you come yeah, back again. No, so so this is your this is when you showcase. Yep. Yeah, uh, much like the Patriots kind of showcase Jimmy set. Garoppolo yeah. a little bit. Garoppolo. Like, hey, let's, hey, look, my guy, this guy's ready. He's ready to eat up the league. And depending on what they really think about him, I think that I would be curious to really find out what do they inside that building think about. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And if they really are willing to trade him, does that speak about what they think about him or does it speak volumes about what they think about Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's I just think there's a there's a strategy involved there and that's why I'm I'm kind of just curious to keep following uh the Browns and what they're doing and how they're setting this thing up because it is, you know, bringing some of that moneyball world in. Now, I don't think they're 100% committed to it as maybe some people think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch them as uh, as we go through the process. Bucky on the last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, we talked about pro days. 
talked about some of our pro day stories, our pro day experiences. I got a text from a West Coast scout. The name of that restaurant that I would go to in San Jose that was owned <laughs> by the quarterback's dad was called the Chicken Coop. Did you ever go there? I I'd never been to Chicken Coop. Oh, the ch- don't sleep on the Chicken Coop. <laughs> the Chicken Coop. The chicken Coop. I don't know if it's still in existence, but if you're no, in San Jose, check no, out the Chicken Coop. Chicken. No, no, I'm no, 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 grilled. It was a good grilled nice chicken. Grilled chicken. Okay. Grilled chicken. Oh, so, 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 healthy. So my thing was before Chick-fil-A moved down, South yeah. and established himself. The only place you get a Chick Fil A was at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. SLO. So you would have to go to Cal Poly Slow in the student the student union center. Yeah, and get wow. So that would be my Chick Fil A fix. So coming from the South, like that's the only place we could get on the West you Coast. So that on your calendar. the best. When I would go there, I would make sure I stopped by the Chick-fil-A. best. The best uh, eating facilities on campus. This is a different topic here. Ooh. Rhett, I don't know how many ca- college campuses you've been to over the years. You went to Indiana. Did you guys have a good setup there? Uh, we had a great, yeah. I mean, it was the biggest student union in the country. So Wow. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah. Nice. Wow, got to be good at something. Uh, <laughs> I want to say you guys have a good soccer program, too. Oh, uh, yeah, really good. About eight national championships. Wow, about Swimming eight. Swimming, wow. too. Yeah. Yeah. Rhett, by the way, 11 years in the business. <laughs> 11 years. <laughs> 11 years. Uh, 11 years in the business. Yeah, coming up um, in a 12-year. Go ahead. Ooh, nice. Uh, underrated uh, eating places at school facilities. Yeah. Most underrated, BYU. BYU has a cafe in their football facility, Bucky. Downstairs, they have kind of their old Hall of Fame. You go up the stairs. Uh, they have yeah, but you can't get you can't get a, you can't get a Coke. Well, here's the thing: you can get a Coke. Uh, it's caffeine free. <laughs> that's that's oh, the only thing. They still make those. obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You get you get caffeine free everything, obviously. But uh, man, great sandwiches, BYU. Nice, nice, great service. I'd sit in there, open up my computer, get all my work done, even like a pro day. Boop, pop, pop your computer up there, get a sandwich, type all your information, wow, and send uh, it yeah, in. I, Underrated at BYU, um, I I used to uh, on UCLA. I would always uh, they have a nice they have a little setup in there. Get something to eat in there. Um, gosh, what was the other one? There was another one I was thinking of. Well, I mean, look, I went to App State. We had Chick Fil A back in you know North Carolina. I mean, it's, I don't know if we had it on God's country. We had one. We had one in the student union. Um, but there was another one I was thinking of that was a great uh, on campus eating setup. What, what was the name of the place um, you were telling me about? Uh, um, gosh, up in uh, Washington, uh, near Washington State, you went with oh, oh John right. Robinson. Yeah, we oh J Rob. So John Robinson <laughs> is the GM now of the of the Titans. There was a sandwich place off campus a little bit, and I would go there all the time. It's a great sandwich spot. So me and Pullman, yeah. yeah. So me and me and and it was a little bit of a walk from the football facility, but oh, look, great sandwiches. So I go uh, J Rob's there, so I'm like, dude, let's go get a sandwich. All right, so we go, we walk to this place. He had never been there. I'm like, you're going to love it, man. This place is awesome, blah, blah, blah. So we get in there. We order our food, and uh, there's like a tray, like a counter, like kind of like a salad bar-like type of a counter where you kind of walk down and, and place your order and then go down to the left and pay. And then, So as we, uh, we pay, and he goes, he goes, dude, look. I, I look up in the air. There's this, like, flypaper over the top of the entire – and it's just there are bugs and flies <laughs> stuck to this flypaper – that's in how you this, know it's in this room, and he goes, "We can't eat here." And I'm like, "We can't eat here. I've eaten here like the last six years. I never seen this thing before. I uh, didn't notice it." So yeah, no, yeah, that was done. We we had paid for our food, threw it in the trash can, and left. Oh, it was that's tough. funny. That was tough. I'm trying to figure out where, where did you stay in, in when you did the Idaho Washington State thing? So you were so off the trash. Where did you stay at the the that? What is it? That best, was the best Western? So here's there's yeah, a holiday right across. Inn. There's a Holiday Inn right by the school there at Washington State, and you could do Idaho from there as well. But it's hard to get in there. You had to get your your, your reservation in early on that. But there's another place up. across from Idaho. I stayed in a in a hotel in Idaho, which was 
not one of the finer establishments that I've ever stayed in. <laughs> I made that mistake once. And so then what I did from then on, a lot of times when you go on school visits, it's one a day, right? So you go in there, you can't get to two schools in one day. Oh, but you can. Because when I had to do Washington State and Idaho, I think it's like eight miles apart. Yeah, eight miles other. apart, right down the road. So I, w- I would look at their practice schedules and I would find it. I think I might even have done it in uh, two-a-days so that it could get one in the morning and the other one in the afternoon and just bounce. I would go stay in Spokane, which is a little bit of a haul. About, a, yeah. about an hour, hour, half, hour and a half. Hour and a half. Um, so I would spend the night there because I didn't want to stay in, the, in that other hotel that I stayed in. would stay there, drive over, Washington State for the morning practice, boop, 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 talk to some coaches, get my background information, yep. eight miles over to Idaho, get their afternoon practice, stay after practice, talk with the coaches, get my background, and then drive all the way back to Spokane. So it was a two-for-one special. Come on, Red. It's kind of hard nice. out there. It's hard out there. Yeah. Hard out there as a scout. Look, I get it, man. I get it. You got you, you to gotta get, get your eats when you can. Yes. You know? And, yeah, I'm, what I'm noticing since we've done the podcast, Daniel's big on eating. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like I every, know all the eating spots. If you notice, yeah. all the scouting stories center around food. food. Yeah. It always centers around, oh, I found a little place here. Oh, I found a little place <laughs> well, here. Because you oh, got- I found a little place here. It is always the food. That's true. There's one. There's, there's some scouts that this is uh, <laughs> amazingly still alive. Uh, that would uh, their thing was they would eat at a Cracker Barrel. In oh, I ev- love in every town. Oh, no, look, I, I'm not. I'm not. They used lie. to. Did you I'm do not, the books on I'm tape? Not, I'm not going to lie. No, no books on tape. But I'm gonna stop at Cracker Barrel wherever I find one. Really? Like it's hard not to find. No, no, no. Here, here, no, no. Here, here, <laughs> but here's the lie. Here's the lie that they tell because and I, Cracker Barrel's fine. I don't eat there very often. Maybe once every couple Cracker years. Cracker Barrel and Waffle House. Okay, oh, yeah. but here's the thing. Here's what here's what's always followed up, and I bet you Bucky even does the same thing. I go, hey, where, where, where'd you uh, where'd you guys stop last night? Oh, I went to Cracker Barrel. I go, really? He goes, yeah, you know, they, there's some healthy options there. Like you, have, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, there's not. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, you can get the egg whites. You get the egg whites with the. the they try and sell egg, me that egg, they're eating all this healthy food at, at the Cracker Barrel. Yeah, you get the salad with a whole bunch of cheddar cheese, a bunch yeah. of egg, and a ranch Come dressing. On. So ranch a dressing. lot of guys would go through there though, is because back in the day, no satellite radio or any of that stuff. So you could go to a Cracker Barrel and pick up a book on tape at like the front. Oh, and you can return right. it to any Cracker Barrel in the country. Uh, so you would get I, it and listen I, that's to the book a scout and then go right there. <laughs> that's that's a scout move. Right like there. that? I, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Because I used to love to go there and what play the What else did you little, buy in there? The brain teasers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, little, little, the little uh, yeah. golf I mean, tee. The golf yeah. tee. How many, things, <laughs> yeah. how many things could you get down? Yeah, I was never good at that. No. Yeah, crack, crack, Cracker Barrel. Any other uh, food? Any other food places? On I mean, the road? you're you're big spring on the on on the food places. The like, funny thing is, like for the most part, it was uh, Quiznos, Subway, you know, whatever. Per diem savers, baby. Get my eight dollar lunch. Per the like, per, di- per diem savers are dependent upon the hotel. Oh, the concierge lounge. So is if you big. stay at a residence inn, you can have breakfast and. Dinner, the hors d'oeuvres. Oh, that's so you don't big. have to pay for that. Yeah, that's big. Concierge lounge are also good, so you can get breakfast and yeah. also the heavy hors d'oeuvres late at night. There, plus, you, the the money was you had like schools that would feed you, so they they would let you just go into the players' oh, man, lounge. That's a media member, I mean, that's like, big. Yeah, big on Oregon. Meals. I, I, or, Oregon you know, State was great with big that. On free I mean, meals. I, I don't have eleven years; I only have nine years. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, only nine. But, in what, the business but what I discovered, like. Man, press box living. Press box living game? can be nice. You got to get there early. Here's, here's the thing. You got to get there early. Get a ticket. Here's the thing, though, about the media profession, which we all find ourselves in. Rhett, longer than both of us. Yes. He's 11 yeah. years in the business. Yeah. Um, the the mall walker shoes. The the, uh, the beat reporters have the mall walkers on. Yeah. And an unbelievably high percentage of dandruff. In it's the, the worst um, Groom? group of hygiene, <laughs> group of of people in terms of hygiene that you will ever come across in your entire life. Oh. Um, generally, the worst 
And, and look, you know, there are plenty of guys out there that uh, don't fit that mold. But you know, there there was a guy, there was a guy for uh, in the city for one of the teams that I worked, a media member, that literally had bigger and McCracken's hair from. Uh, oh yeah, they just, don't care. It was just like a whirlwind, and it was just like, and it was like you know, in Christmas, I don't know if they do it anymore. They used to, when I was a kid, we had a flocked Christmas tree, so they put like oh, yeah, white, white, so white, white stuff so on it. Yeah, it was like his hair was like just like a flocked Christmas tree. And then you know, you're getting into the scrums. Right, so you're all up yeah. in it. Tom Brady, you know, for the most yeah. part, for a couple of years, only wanted to talk at his locker. So you got 50 people like crammed in there. Like, it's a different. Yeah. Do you eat the hot dogs at halftime? Uh, game? John Fox occasion, says, a, do not do that on occasion. On occasion, yeah, not every time. I mean, Baltimore, you get the crab cake. That was nice. Carolina, I get a crab cake. Carolina, you get a little pulled pork sandwich. Yeah, press box. Yes, yeah. Bank of America. Uh, I will say the the uh, peach cobbler at a. At either a Falcons game or at a bowl game in Atlanta. I, second, I will say, second to I will say, so when the Falcons, I, man, I had, I had a, a lot run. of draft talk here. A lot, a lot of draft, draft talk. <laughs> Big time. Five years I had gone to like the, the Chick-fil-A, either the bowl game or the kickoff. Yeah. You're right, that peach cobbler. I went last. <laughs> I, I go every year. So you have to get there early because hey, for me, the, I, like, I like the crust at the top. So oh, like, you get uh, that. You got to get there early. You don't want it to be depleted. You don't, yeah. Yeah. DJ, who are you looking at at the, uh, at the, uh, at the Chick-fil-A game this year? I don't know who's playing, but uh, where's the uh, cobbler at? Right. Let me go jump on right. that real quick. Right. All right, look, I think we got uh, we got a roll here. Let's get our interview with Joshua Dobbs. Rhett, thank you so much. 11 years in the business, still Guys. as humble as it oh. gets. Yeah. Yes, it hey, we'll see you in a couple hours, Path of the Draft. Oh, nice. Oh, and by the way, it's uh, today's a pretty significant day. Very significant I didn't day. know if you knew this, Bucky. Today, it's National Puppy Day. Hey, happy National Puppy Day. <laughs> wow. Uh, hope you have a wonderful day. Enjoy our conversation here with Josh Dobbs, also Rhett's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee quarterback Joshua Dobbs going to join us via Skype here. Uh, Joshua, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I'm going to let Bucky run here because <laughs> Buck, this, Bucky's been talking about you forever. You guys go way back. Go ahead, Buck. The floor is yours. Hey, so Joshua, so now that you've gone through the process and you're on the verge of becoming an NFL quarterback, talk about the process in general. How's it been from the end of the season going to the Senior Bowl and the Combine to get ready to have hopefully your name called on draft day? Right. It's, it's really been everything I, I've imagined it would be, starting with the senior bowl and preparations for the senior bowl, going down, being around the NFL offense and being around the top seniors across the nation. It was a lot of fun to go out and compete and put together a great week. And then to go on com- and prepare to go to the combine. And of course, you know, it's a long week up in Indy, but you get an opportunity to meet uh, scouts, coaching staffs, QB coaches, offensive coordinators from across the league is an amazing experience. And then you get to go out again and compete, um, throw, and had another great week up there. So now it's time to finish it off with a pro day and a couple individual team visits and, and enjoy the process as well and get ready for draft day. Okay, so I want to go back and talk about your week and your experience at the Senior Bowl. Um, Coming out of a spread offense, a lot of times scouts and evaluators, we wonder if guys can make the transition. You had an opportunity to take, you know, kind of get a jump on that by having pro coaching. What was that experience like going from a spread offensive playbook to an NFL playbook and NFL coaching? I felt like Tennessee really prepared me to make that transition smoothly. Uh, when, we, when you got down there and you dove into the playbook, it, it was cool because the same plays I was running at the Senior Bowl were the same plays that I'd been running at, throughout my time at Tennessee, you know, a couple of different variants, different reads, of course, but same concepts and same schemes. So it's cool to see that, you know, I'd been in an offense that we might have been in the shotgun, of course, all the time and not under center less than five plays throughout the year. But we were still running the same schemes and same reads, whether it was a straight progression read, a progression with option, 
um, dual side read. We're still running those reads in college, and I'll continue to run those at the next level. All right, you talk about the Senior Bowl there, guys. How about let's go to the combine? We've Bucky and I, you know, in our scouting background, we like to tell our listeners, our viewers, about what goes on kind of behind the scenes. So you just walk into a room there at the Crown Plaza at mm-hmm. the at the combine. You're getting going train there for station. a team interview or the train station, either place. <laughs> Kind of walk us through, walk the folks through what goes on in that setting. Right. So you walk, so you have formal interviews and informal interviews. And formal interviews are only 15 minutes. So you walk in, and there could be anyone from the owner, GM, head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, scouts in the room. So about 10 guys in the room, and one chair and a projector screen. And so they'll have plays called up. And so you'll talk about yourself for about five minutes. You maybe watch film for five minutes, and the next five minutes you're on the board talking through your offense or talking through coverages or whatever they want to see. And then, so it's quick. It's like speed dating, 15 minutes in and out. And then the informal interviews are in the train station. And so it's really just like the wild, wild west. It's a (laughs) giant room, 32 tables, coaches from each team, and you walk in. You scan yourself in so they can see you're in the room, and at any moment, anyone can grab you. So you just have to be on your toes, ready to go, ready to go in, talk to people. I remember the first day being in there. I walked in at 7 o'clock right after dinner, didn't leave till 11.45, nonstop talking. Wow. So it goes, it goes all night. But it's, it's, it's a part of the process, and it's, it's enjoyable because you get an opportunity just to meet a lot of different people, a lot of different coaches, pick their brain, they pick your brain, and see how you guys bond and fit together. Well, obviously being a Tennessee volunteer, I can't have an interview without talking about kind of the, the opportunity that you've had to learn from Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning mm-hmm. obviously comes back. You've had a chance to participate in his camps. What are some of the things that you've been able to take from him uh, as a role model, as a leader that can help you succeed at the next level? The biggest thing I've been able to take from Peyton has been, you know, to be a great quarterback, one, you have to be the greatest preparer on the field and the greatest communicator on the field. He, he's come back and spent time with, with the quarterback, saw his time, and we were in the classroom. I remember he spent an hour and a half just talking about his pre-snap a mindset, what he's looking for when he gets to the line, going back to his preparation, how he prepares throughout the week, and then how he's communicating what he's seeing with his teammates so everyone's on the same page and the offense able to run efficiently. And then, you know, you go on the field and you're able to see that there's never a race of rep, whether it's pad and go, whether it's quick game, whether it's drop back passing or even rep he has an intention mind you know we're in pad and go and he's working the safety and throwing you know whole shots or throwing a two ball or throwing a go on the outside just to work the different types of throws different reads and different footworks so you learn you know just how to prepare really whether it's in the classroom or on the field and it definitely shows why he's an all-time great quarterback yeah it's a pretty good mentor to have right there and Peyton Manning all right Joshua how about the uh the greatest hardship that you've had to overcome in your life is what? I would say there's a couple. Um, my mom's been in a wheelchair since I was five. So uh, she's gone through a lot of adversity and it's kind of, you know, has molded me and, and shaped my mindset throughout adversity. I have alopecia. So throughout college, um, I suffered, you know, hair loss. And so, you know, when you're 18 and you don't grow hair, it's kind of, you know, weird, of course. So, you know, going through that at, on the college stage and being, you know, on a public platform, I mean, it could be tough at some times just because there's a lot of ignorance in the world. So learning just how to deal with um, noise and how to deal with outside noise that you can't control and just focusing on what you can control. I learned a lot from my mom because 
you know, obviously she didn't ask to be in a wheelchair, but she has an amazing mindset and amazing attitude each and every day that no matter what, she can do whatever she wants and she, and nothing can stop her. And that's her mindset. She's going to get everything done in the day that she needs to, no matter what's going to try to inhibit her from doing that. And so that's my same mindset that at the end of the day, I just focus on what I can control, whether that's someone, you know, talking about me off the field, talking about um, doubting my ability on the field, that at the end of the day, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And, you know, I might not agree with that, but, you know, I, I'll, I'll, ex I'll respect your opinion and then go about my business and just focus on me and focus on what I can control in the end. Okay, so to balance that, what has been your greatest highlight of your career? Mm -hmm. Greatest highlight of my career will be uh, when, when I graduate um, in, in May, walking across the stage, um, have completed a five-year degree in four years, aerospace engineering with a minor in business, and then also on top of that, winning SEC Player of the Year this year in the SEC. So being able to get it done both on and off the field, and then it, being excited to take the next step in my life and being an NFL quarterback, I can't, I can't wait to, to just be a professional football player. So I'm excited to see what the future holds, but I'll also be excited to walk across the stage in May. All right, this is our third H question. We've done this with all the prospects we've had through. I think by the answer to your hardship question, I know the answer to this one, uh, but who's your hero? Who's my hero? My hero are easily my parents, both of them. Um, you know, my parents come from you know, humble beginnings, and they're self-made people just throughout their work, through their work ethic, both my mom and dad. They work hard each and every day. Um, my dad's worked his way to senior vice president job at Wells Fargo and my mom was very successful in UPS and then she helps me out of course a lot you know nowadays so I'm very thankful to have two very supportive motivating parents that I definitely get a lot of inspiration from them and I'm very thankful to have them in my life. I think the final question for me is a lot of times when we said for prospects we, we want to kind of figure out the why so I want to know why will you be successful as a franchise quarterback? I'll be successful for because one I'm, I've, I'm the most competitive guy when I step on the field. And to be a quarterback, you know, I set the temperament in my competitive spirit, how I approach each and every day to be the best. You know, two, of course, I'm very confident in my skills and abilities. I know how I have the skills and abilities to be successful quarterback at the next level, where, whether it's the arm strength, the footwork, the accuracy, the ability to compete, the ability to make the big-time throw. We need it in a big-time situation. When your team is down, you need to bring them back. I've done that, and I will continue to do that. And then I understand that being a quarterback requires you to be a leader. So in being a leader, you have to understand your teammates, create a relationship with your teammates, but also you have to set the tone each and every day. And your teammates have to respect that from you, and you have to bring it, whether it's you know, you're coming off a great day or we're coming off a, a low day. You still have to bring it each and every day. So, you know, understand what it takes to be um, a successful quarterback. I, I've, I've seen it. I've been the face of a program. I understand what it's like to be a face of an organization. And I bring uh, a competitive spirit that's really unmatched. And so I'm excited to see what the future holds. All right, Joshua, this is my last question. This is for our producer who's a ball. I need okay. you to describe the feeling after the Florida game in three words. I'll give you three words to describe the feeling <laughs> after the Florida game. I just need one. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, it was it was a crazy game. To be down twenty one to three, it just shows showed the competitive nature of our team that, you know, we just weren't gonna be denied. And we fought throughout the game, we fought all the way back where we would come back and win. Obviously it was eleven long years without a win against the Gators, so it was great to bring bring the dub back to Knoxville. Oh, that's outstanding. Hey, Joshua, we wish you the best of luck as you go through the rest of this process. We look forward to following your journey and, and uh, really excited for the future, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
Joshua Dobbs, what an uh, impressive young man, Bucky. Yeah, really impressive on and off the field. I think he is a guy that certainly made some strides as a player during his time at Tennessee, and I think the momentum is certainly building. Did he have a chance to continue his career in the last year? Yeah, look, maturity is the word that comes to my mind. Very, Just a, what a mature guy. Um, really wish him the best. Good chatting with him. Nice to have Rhett Lewis in uh, to join us today. By the way, for those that aren't in on the joke here, Rhett said in passing a couple days ago that uh, – Mentioned that he had 11 years in the business, which I've continued to make fun of him and mock him for ever since. So anytime he's on the show or anytime I'm ever around him, we will reference his 11 years in the business. So there you go. 11 years. 11 years in. I'm only five years in, you know. So anyways, that's uh, that's going to do it for us today. Hey, thanks, you guys, uh, for listening. Thanks for downloading the podcast. And please do us a favor, if you haven't already, go on iTunes and, and leave us a rating or a review on there. Uh, that really helps us there. You guys have really helped us out a lot with that. So really do appreciate it. And Arjuna, this is Arjuna's last 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 show time. here for us here. Arjuna is moving on to bigger and better things. We are, we are a – we're just kind of like at the developmental league, uh, and then we just we send out our talent out. To NFL you. Europe? Yeah. Is that what we are? No, yeah. I think we're gonna go D League or we're gonna go NFL Europe. Oh, uh, D League isn't that becoming the G League? Yeah. But yeah, the D League. Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> whatever. It qualifies. Anyways, Arjuna, how long have you have you worked on this show here? Uh, so I've been here. This is my second season in NFL. This is month seven on the show. So I started in September move the sticks and we started all of our youtube content our game previews and all that type of stuff yeah so he has been instrumental in in the content that we have produced here and the ideas and and really a lot of hard work that's gone into uh to this show you guys don't you don't get to see that or don't get to hear about that all the preparation that goes into it and uh arjuna has been awesome we're gonna wish we're gonna miss him uh but we wish him the best going forward and uh don't be a stranger man you're, oh. welcome, you're welcome back here anytime awesome i'll, I'll be back all right, I'll we're come, gonna have come a, say hi. We're gonna have a death match between him and TD, former producer. Oh yeah, yeah. We're thinking a cage match, and we'll see who gets to come back first. At least he doesn't have his workouts on video like TD. Yeah, that don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, uh, Instagram basketball. No Instagram posts. basketball. Instagram basketball working. Yes. Still, still grinding. Those. Don't, Loving basketball. Don't do that. All right, hey, look, that's gonna do it for us again. Please do us a favor, leave us a rating or review on iTunes, and uh, be sure to check out our video content on YouTube. And we will be back next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.